0: To the truth in his art, I am your host Rob Lee, and today I am talking to Baltimore's longest active graffiti writer. Please welcome Adam Stab. Welcome hey. to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Totally. Um, and just for the record, for those who don't get it, it's not Stabe. It's 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 not accented. It's no, yes, yeah, Stab. It's, it's, it's a doing thing. Uh, so you're 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 based in Baltimore. You're you're, you you moved into the area. So what initially attracted you to... Well, where does your story start and what in, what initially attracted you to this community? Um, well, I started writing
1: graffiti, you know, not, not too long after I finally got to Baltimore, which was in... Um, I, I moved here in 83, probably started writing in late 84. Um, so it was kind of a quick... Uh, Transition into picking that up as a as a vocation in youth, you know, um, partially because I was not real connected otherwise to any any other um, groups of kids, um, and uh, so being sort of a a new kid in town and going through all of that kind of like amount of time it took to to. You know, kind of learned to cut the mustard with the locals and get in with yeah. with folks in either school or the neighborhood. um I spent a lot of time on my own mm-hmm. and had already come from a background of being real just I spent a lot of time traversing the landscape. that was kind of yeah. where I had come from um I grew up in the Midwest and southern Illinois and spent some years in north central Florida mm-hmm. before I was here so my whole childhood upbringing, my little, my little tight years were very, um, run at will till the sun came down. Plus, you know, without real adult supervision and worrying about shit. So by the time I got here at 13 to the city, you know, I was not very privy to much oversight. I was used to doing my thing. And so I, I jumped immediately into, into that. It was comfortable. Um, and uh, for, for a good little minute, did it on my own because even as I developed friendships, I found that um, kids, especially like in, in, for example, that I was friends with in the neighborhood, as I began to meet people on the east side of town where I'm, I'm, I'm still located, um, you know, people weren't just as apt to like run across town on the bus to go to Lexington Market. Yeah. That, that shit was unheard of them uh going downtown especially after hours at night was like oh my god are you kidding me
2: <laughs>
1: you're doing what you know and and but that was just more how i had come up with like it's not like my mom didn't really care where i was at it was just like we, we just had different rules and standards of like what was going on safety wise because you have to worry yeah. when i was coming up in the cut like literally in the sticks you know so very different so but, found graffiti at about that age 13 13 and a half going on 14 14 years old was when i started writing for real and uh found it just traversing the cities and and alleyways of downtown in baltimore city by myself on the loan you know got like real turned on and attracted to this thing that was happening um and then in the hands of a very small intimate group of guys um who were responsible for for the tiny little scene that we had uh, at the time. Yeah. You know?
0: So part of just kind of being out there being a a person that is, as you said, the traversing, you're you're being in the city, you're able to see different things, different vantage points, going through the city, taking a look at the structure, the buildings, the alleys, the walls, all of that different stuff. Um, it gives you a better sense of that lay of the land, especially being someone that is new here. You're really getting a, you know, at that time, really getting the lay of what's around.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was super turned on by that. Um, My mom moved here to work for Hopkins initially. That was our motivation to come here. Um, She had been getting her doctorate in in North Central Florida at at University of Florida. And so when that set of years was up, you know, I was excited, though. It was like a tough time Mm -hmm. to transition out of my friendship circle and what was going on with my lifestyle in, in Florida because it was its own thing. Um, but I, I can remember being real amped up about the fact that we were moving to a city, you yeah. know, and because I had already gotten like, you know, I was, um, let's see, what were my? I had some I had some serious urban references in my mind already. Like I was skateboarding already regularly living in Florida, so. Um, I grew up at the same skate park that a guy named Rodney Mullen that mm-hmm. was a really early on uh, freestyle-sponsored uh, skateboarder for Palo Peralta yeah. skateboards um, early on in their inception. And so I grew up at this kind of concrete wave skate park, um, exposed to stuff that gave me some sense of what was cool about a city. Or what kind of cool stuff was coming out of a city, though I'd never lived in one and never really been exposed to one um so I was amped about getting here um though in comparison to the amount of time I spent sort of again you know really going at it alone because it was a very tough place to break into friendship circles and to not you know the first year of being here was like mm-hmm. um. <laughs> My books getting thrown under the bus, you know, <laughs> repeatedly. Type of like, oh, the new guy. You know, we have to torture you, right? Like, yes. You know, like, so uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was rough. You know, like um, transitioning to into the city in that sense was a motherfucker. Yeah, it was, it was hard. <laughs> um, I saw my first handgun in uh, what was it? what grade was it? Sixth grade, seventh grade, grade of two two grades before sixth grade um, in science class. Kid, you know, like who was showing off his gun to to kids, you know? Wow. Um, no kind of thing going on, no strife, no nothing going on. Just yeah. young kid had a gun, yeah. and he was showing it to other kids in science class. Like, yo, yeah, check it out, you know? Like, I don't know. It was- i had never experienced anything like that before you know like i'd seen hunting guns and that type of shit before my grandpa's old revolver from the war it's
0: like i got this next to the bunsen burner
1: (laughs) right you know like it's sixth grade science class like what you know so that side of the getting used to it was um was a whole different, like, the romance was not really there. Yeah.
0: but I, So but I, I
1: did find it in these other um, ways and means. Um, by luck of the draw, I was going to school. One of the first places I went to grade school was a school. Uh, it's, not, it's not called this anymore at the time. It was called Herring Run. Mm-hmm. And it was way out east from where I lived, even in Highland Town. But two days a week, I had gotten myself into, um, the after-school program at the School for the Arts, uh, their twigs outreach program. Yeah. So a couple days a week, I would get out of school, basically stop in the, in the neighborhood a second, hop back on the city bus, poof it downtown for my art class, you know, and show up just in time for all the ballerinas and everybody to be letting <laughs> out. And so I was just mesmerized with that spot
2: yeah.
1: And, and basically being downtown, you know, like all of a sudden I was like downtown, on my own traversing that environment right just south of Micah and and the art museums and 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 um, you know so it that became my stomping ground regularly yeah. and uh i grew up again like this kind of fast times at Ridgemont high <laughs> style life just very recently in in florida having slices at the mall and riding my mongoose, you know, and, and playing video games at the arcade and shit. Yeah. And so the best thing that I could come up with to suffice for that was like finding video games on the block. Mm-hmm. So I would get out of class at School for the Arts, which wasn't until like they would let out at 410 and then I would take a two-hour class uh as a seventh grader or whatever. So that you know even wintertime hours it was pitch dark by the time I got out of my class, yeah. my art class, you know, and I would hit the block for some video games to pull out Johnny's, you know? So <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was in the thick of what was going on in Baltimore from early on, yeah. you, you know, hanging out in places I probably questionably shouldn't have been, you know, um, again, because I had built a trust with my mom that she knew I was coming home and I was going to make my way there. Yeah. Um, of course you know kids these days they don't understand how before the era of any kind of communication that all this was you know when you left the house in the morning to go to school you was on your own till nightfall or like whenever you ran into moms you know if yeah. you did till the next day you know and uh so my awakening into everything that, that ended up being connected with graffiti like the punk rock scene was very much that same way like sort of A little bit of sniffing it out, a little bit of blind discovery and luck, you know, and then there it was.
0: So I want to I want to switch gears a little bit. And thank you for thank you for really giving us that 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 introductory, because it seemed like there was the the element of, you know, you had the school component, you know, and kind of the being a teenager growing in that capacity and then also just having that adoration of being out there and really seeing what's happening in the real world outside of school seeing what's happening in the street being on the block and all of that good stuff so yeah, oh, yeah. um so tell me about because we, we met briefly you know uh mm-hmm. we, we had a little coffee conversation so yeah. you know i recognize that you're you're, you're a hitty individual like like myself so i want to get your take on this tell me about perception right how does how you feel like work impacts your work sometimes. Like if you go into a project optimistically, does it affect the end result?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think the problem with um either the either the first foot forward or the end result in most projects is people's confusion as the importance of you know recognizing that it, that's a, it's all manipulation of energy. So once you've made that a steady practice. In and of itself, which is not easy. You know, even that becomes sort of a dissected variant by which we we test ourselves to occasionally go outside of a supposed box that has us so that we can give extra time, thought, meditation, and energy to this thing that we really love. But making that the everyday becomes like is that's the real, you know, that's the real juice. It's like that kind of daily meditation on things that we believe. Are the way forward with everything that we want to give our pma to you yeah. know like for, for example your question um so yeah i think that inherently um energy wise that for me as a creative to some degree i could say um I, i've found a more comfortable rhythm working for clients or having established a level of clientele mm-hmm. um then i have confronting the due issues of of my own voice uh as a creative when it comes to survivalism if that makes any sense you know what sure. i'm saying like i have an easier time and i always have you know just being myself as a as a as a painter as an artist as a, as a creative thinker um uh, working for somebody mm-hmm. who needs of my skill set kind of uh is is an exciting terrain of both freeing up any sense of connection and responsibility to the end result. And thusly, like, it's it's usually like this real churning engine to my positive attitude about what I'm doing. Um, much harder to find consistently when I'm like, on my own shit, testing my own waters as to like, you know, what are you cooking here? Or not, <laughs> you know, like, what are you really feeling? Like, then it gets heady, you know, and then especially it gets even headier if that's that, you know, if there's any worry about the the decided comeback of that with regard to like, you know, like I'm, oh my God, you're living off this or you're trying to, you know? So it's been much easier for me. Like I started out early in crossing over into professionalism creatively with decorative painting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Being being on some really good teams too, working with some of the most talented people um, that i had ever or have ever you know had the chance to school under and learn from and be in a professional setting with Mm -hmm. so that and in both of those lights with a couple of those people who i've worked with one of the things garnished there and that i really still kind of uh, enjoy living by is being able to like kind of hang up my own connection and ego place at the time that it comes for like you know doing it for the job doing it for the client yeah. if i've been asked into a thing because it's, it's, it feels good like that that's a good that's a tight exercise for me i feel like artists and artisans who can get outside of their own need to like toot their horn which i mean to my honesty you know between me and you and the rest of the world it, it, that shit gets rarer and rarer everybody's so on their shit <laughs> you know that it's yeah it's easy. It gets easier and easier for me to just show up and like, yeah, man, pay me to get the job done or uh, get out of here before the cupcakes and shit start. <laughs> um, that's great. It's, uh, it's <laughs> been a pleasure to be a part of a culture and community that's seen itself grow in so many ways that, you know, we still deserve it of really the applause and the, and, and the excitement about being invited to the party to a degree, but also seeing it through like the big, Breath it's going to take to like really grow up on and around the after excitement of what's become of you know which is always the case for like the 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 trench work that has to be done the digging out of the street warfare and shit that has to happen before again all of the the glam and glitz and the red carpet can be rolled out
0: behind a thing i get you so i read that you know, this this quote. Uh, I found graffiti. I found myself. I, I made a way home, and Baltimore graffiti was the first thing that got me hot about creative things. So, so tell me about your first experience with like like what was your first like tag? What was your first like experience with street art? Oh God, um,
1: well i mean like when when I first moved here, and and again like which is sort of a part of discovering the downtown area of Baltimore seeing tags and growing up on looking at graffiti and trying to figure out what this really was but th- at that point you know there was a there was an amount of spray paint mm-hmm. tags around the area of the mid-town threshold up and down st paul charles you know um in and around the mica corridor and and that whole um mount royal uh area you know but there was an even more available and yet at the same time, not distributed in a way that it is today, where it's very like on what I call it kind of this grandstand, you know, look at me, I'm right here in your face, kind of a, a kind of aesthetic that people have since adopted. But it's much more like sneaky. Mm-hmm. And it was it was much more like kind of, it was around. But the idea was to get it to last. The idea was to have it, you know, in the environment. but you know in ways that were not so invasive that people had to do something about it immediately you know so i grew up on this era of graffiti that was much more you you didn't have to look for it but you did have to look for it you had to actually be out and around and like in the alleys and in the back cuts and stuff like that when you saw it it felt right
2: mm-hmm. it felt like
1: it was placed consideratively in the inside the voice of the city mm-hmm. inside the the poetry of the environment without being an a-hole, you know, like I, you know, like during my time, literally, like I grew up with the guys that reinvented the, like, well, I'm gonna march across town, you know, and just uh, fat cap every every corner, you know, across Lombard Street, cause I can't. And, and that became a much more invasive sense of people looking at the, whatever was going on with the culture, like with, with a lot of disdain that you didn't have uh, when I was young. But I think that that kind of presence of mind and a desire for your placement to be a part of the environment, a part of the accepted rhythm of the voice of the city, um, that's still, you know, that's still more important to me than, uh, than anything You know, um, now it's turned into, you know, how how much you get up or how often you, you know, you do a thing again to the point of like over saturation. But most things that you can find uh, with regard to that kind of culture are about a certain amount of overdoing the thing or, you know, some level of Doritos extreme.
0: It's just a part of the culture we've all grown into. So I got I got two more two more questions for you before we get to those rapid fire ones I mentioned earlier. Uh, so I read about what the, the street life art exhibition. Tell me about that. When we did that exhibit, um,
1: a part of what I uh, was trying to encompass, not just in the show, but the title was like. <clears throat> One second my second major but maybe my third time out with working with a collage medium mm-hmm. that um i've been doing now for a few years but as a painter uh, at that time was kind of a new thing to me new 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 methodology um for me in the studio and sure. something that i kind of picked up needing some kind of challenge, some kind of, you know, I needed something to feel like I didn't know what the hell I was doing, or where it was going, because it's just a freer sense of, um, you know, I'll get my rhythm and my methodology down with something I feel successful with, like in the painting room. Mm-hmm. And then my own expectations of how that math works gets very chop, chop, chop. And then getting outside of that box myself becomes sort of this difficult dance. So the balance in the studio becomes a practitioner in a direction where it's like, I have no expectations because I, I know I have no rhythm with this. I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't picked up a jar of glue since I was in fucking grade school. So I started messing with this thing and um, had decided, uh, well, this, you know, and this, it, it's weird, it kind of heralds back to to some degree, um, your question about the, you know, when did when did I start, you know, like, well, how, how was it that writing started for me? Or what was the first act of street art? Yeah. Um, because you know, um, inherently, when I grew up a writer, the the crime side of it was still certainly you know it was a major part of of what graffiti writing and, and then as far as graffiti writing goes, it still is. You know, mm-hmm. but but as far as I think, most people tend to, in their mind's eye, for the most part, think about the usage of the word street art. Someplace in there, things start to get gray. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the word street art and it's like all of a sudden in the nine to five world, folks are thinking all kind of other stuff other than some kind of crime happening, yeah. which is, is, is still the case a lot of the times. But but those nine to fivers are right. A lot of times it's not, you know, for a lot of these street artists, there's never been any any crime to it. So for me on the other hand, of like when did I start doing street art versus also for me, when was I like really kind of turned on by the street and did I start doing things that were like a part of living a life inherent to just being in the street, of which graffiti became a part for me. Mm-hmm. Um I grew up a skateboarder long before I was a was a was, was a graffiti writer. Right. And when I was young here in Baltimore, a skateboard as a form of like just youth transportation in right. combination with riding the buses, which just like, that was a must. I knew kids from all neighborhoods of town, you know, through the high school ages. where it's like, we all had boards and largely more for that reason of like teen transportation. It was not, you know, that everybody was like practicing ollie tricks and things like that or are even doing that as you know a get together for that reason as much as it was just a part of how it you helped it helped you get around and traverse the terrain that we knew we had to deal with because you know, there were very few cars and people's lives and all that kind of stuff yet so it was a crossover dual thing although I had brought it with me from Florida and was one of the first people in my neighborhood to turn a lot of kids onto it
2: yeah
1: um. So street art and what was what what was inspirational, what was environmental, mm-hmm. what became a part of then my environmental based experience growing up with my youth from all different neighborhoods here and influencing each other out in the street. Um, it's different now when the idea of this this whole street art thing has become much more packaged. But do you got fewer and fewer motherfuckers who have a real street experience? Right? Yeah, real for real. That's true. Yeah. And who think and or convinced that having a street experience is having a, a quote, unquote, whatever they call it gangster experience, or like, fucking, you know, you in life experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Which, you know, albeit that's out there <laughs> yeah but it's but not the it's not the only thing though no. it ain't the only thing yeah you, know, you know never was never will be and <laughs> you know especially the way baltimore is one of these places that you know hollywood is held branded as like the, the bookend of like inherently being about um it, 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 you know glorifying and quadrifying and that that it, whatever in whatever sense it from your angle you take that because mm-hmm. you know um, I've never even sat in front of the wire I don't, <laughs> you know like I was too busy I'm, I'm still too busy for most television stuff but I understand the aesthetics of what the thought machine in a general sense of when the worlds between documenting how closely reality becomes written and is written a certain way, Mm -hmm. then becomes the actual truth of the diatribe that people make judgment by. We're trained for that, you know, so it's just like, it's when that hits real close to home, it's,
0: it's very easy to get feel edgy about it. Yeah, So so let's see, I think I think in there, you kind of gave me what I needed for that last question. So I want to I want to hit it. I want to hit you with the rapid fire ones. Yeah, dude. We're wrapping up. Uh so and, and with these, we wanna we wanna be as is as, as brief in it, because that's the purpose of rapid fight, right? Right. Uh what is your golden rule? Oh man, you know what? It's <laughs> it's definitely it's crazy.
1: It's it's kinda I saw a little snippet of uh of Helen Marin taking an award the other night, and funnies as shit is kind of how I feel about Things that I've reduced myself down to, with the inclusivity of, like you know, just trying to remain open, which is just like you know, show up, do your damnedest, you know, and don't be an a-hole. Um, That's a legit one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, for respecting the lesson in every in every room, you know, um, knowing that I'm to a point in my life where a lot of what I bring to that situation may be the diligence to to keep with refreshing my need for an open mind as a, as a, as a cat rounding out of a certain chapter of how fast time is processing. Cause I think it's real easy for folks in my age group to like check out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hang out with a lot of kids. So it's real easy for me to be close to, um, what's happening but still extra work to make sure that i'm keeping up on um what sort of dialogues and and things are forming people's minds as a parent i'm super you know obviously yeah you know i'm interested in having some kind of handle on that because i've always been connected connected to youth culture what i do is and forever will be representative of as it should be youth culture um even if it's still being handled by a bunch of old gray-haired wizards, you know,
0: is <laughs> what it is. Um, so this is the last rapid fire one I got for you. Uh, are you a collector? Do you collect anything? Oh yeah, that's so all I do. What do you What do you collect? What's the the thing that you collect most? Um, see, so, you, know, you got to, you don't have your, your cameras on I, right here. I have curlers. Oh wow,
1: curlers. Yeah, sells so on the box, Those are all metal um, too. Holy you shit. You can see I was looking at this is all records in front of me. Right here, I got three different miniature record players. Yeah. Um uh right here on the floor. Also looking at the <laughs> oh, wow. boxes. Oh yeah. That ain't all of them. That's just for <laughs> Everything I have. I actually, there was, a, there was a photographer over here last week from uh, Be More Art because they're doing something on artists who collect as a part of their process. And basically, that's all I do is collect. I don't have one of anything. Mm. Um, everything I have, I have a whole bunch of stuff. I dig it. And uh, I, I, that my work consists in that. When I was telling you about that collage work yeah that tripped off because as we, as we, were, we, were, we were tying in there it's like um people so on this street art thing mm. and as a graffiti writer you kind of get you get thrown under that bus when it's coming no matter what now you know it's like whether you want to be a street artist that's what you or you you know like but i've always been inspired by the street and or other like photographers and and, you know people whose work was inspired by the street before they needed to put it in that box so um i decided that this work in the studio this collage work that i was doing was going to be based on street art i was going to do some street art that wasn't street art in the street but it was because as a collector for years i have been collecting these bags of and they're en- empty bags that were used for asphalt mm-hmm. um up in reisterstown uh just off Town road uh south side of pikesville there's a spot where it's like this mom and pop owned asphalt company that mm-hmm. makes this temporary black asphalt called black fill um, that's used the, the department of public works is their number one buyer of this, of this black fill, asphalt. They use it for water main breaks and potholes and stuff like that. And they've had a really bad habit of like using the bags and then just leaving the bags on the street, right? When they empty them with some broken pipes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've been collecting these bags for years because I like the look of them and, and knew I would get around to using them for something <laughs> at some point, right? So boom, come around to this thing. I, I'm gonna start a collage project based on street art which is you can't get no more street art than making your collage out of bags of asphalt that's actually a street I dig so it's it just kind of like a tongue-in-cheek joke right yeah. like i started it out is this these ah these motherfuckers one street art i'm giving to them, you know <laughs> there's a <your> street art <laughs> right know here street art bit of an ass you know <laughs> so That was my point and purpose, and it got, like, real kind of serious, you know? Like, I got into a rhythm with it. I was really responding to the paper. Um, They were the best paintings I had made in a long time, and it it wasn't paint. So I got into this whole thing of, like, a deep obsession with recycling of all types of paper off the street, not just the, the bags of asphalt, but the McDonald's bags and the Trident wrappers and, you know, just, like all kind of things and then i was taking rubbings of manhole covers and all kind of things and adding in all these textures from outdoors and and from on the ground to go along with mixing into the energy of all this stuff that i had collected off the ground but it's literally all trash it's all just like shit shit off the street (laughs) that somebody had tossed over their shoulder you know and that's i stayed strict to this regimen of having had to pick it up off the ground or bent over on the ground and taking the image or stolen the texture from the ground, or I can't use it. Like that's how my work is made. Yeah. So yeah, I collect in order to create and you know, like it's it's inherent to, to what I do when I'm doing that indoors. You know? I dig it. You collect spots when you when you bomb and you in a way you are collecting when you're leaving your mark out because it, you know, you're taking toll of these places that you go and do these things or, how many trains you hit and shit, yeah. you know, like it's a similar form of hoarding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so hoarding so, and letting go at the same time. It's a, it's a good practice. Big it. So that's pretty much all the questions that I have for today, but um, I want to invite you and, and thank you for one, being on this podcast. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yeah, and, man,
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really glad we met. It's just a good thing.
0: Totally. And uh, two, I want to um, invite you to tell the fine folks where to check out your, um, your work, your, your social media and all of that good stuff oh well you can find me my work on the real adam stab on ig
1: um definitely going to be having uh a couple of out and about dates posted on there real soon i got uh a collaboration coming up with uh currency and looking real forward to that and working with michael and his partner um we got some fun stuff up the sleeve and uh Another outdoor endeavor just with regard to like, celebrating the graph culture that I'm trying to get off the ground right now that'll definitely be posted on there with regard to like stuff I got going here in town.
0: Sounds great. So I'm gonna wrap up there. Uh, so for the, the super interesting and talented Adam Stab, I am Rob Lee, Sandadair's art in and around Baltimore. You just gotta look for it.